0: edition happy halloween everybody great to be with you here on husker online monday rundown there's the man sean callahan and i'm
3: jeff it is great to be with you how are you good sir Made hey, the pineapples back yeah, People, you know, they love I mean, that, that that's kind of getting some traction out here. I'm glad you brought it back on Halloween. No masks, but we got pineapples, got pineapples. Hey, listen, by
0: the way, I I didn't realize that apparently the pineapple stands for something else amongst some folks, uh, but it's an upside down pineapple or something like that. This is a regular pineapple, guys. Whatever kind of symbolism you think I'm trying to project, it's just a pineapple. It's just a pineapple. Sean, you'll have to go look that up. And some folks in the chat seem to think that I was trying to signal uh, a a certain, uh, society or group of people. It's not that at all. It's just a pineapple.
3: (laughs) It's a fun hat for a fun guy, right? Yeah,
0: that's it. That's it. Well, listen, I hate that we have a shortened show tonight, but we wanted to make sure we had content for you. It is Halloween. Sean and I are both family guys. We've got other things we got to do just like you guys do, but we wanted to make sure we had something. So welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm sorry. It's after a loss. Sean, big picture. I just want to ask you injuries, where are we at with Nebraska football after this weekend?
3: Yeah, there's a lot to to digest here. Number one, quarterback Casey Thompson uh, left the game with an arm injury, and you know it's it's a uh, you know it could be pretty bad. Mickey Joseph on his coach's television show that airs on Sunday, they tape it Saturday, uh, but he didn't give a very good outlook on mm. Casey Thompson and that injury. And you know, is he out for the season? That's the question, but. Uh, Nebraska's offense without Casey Thompson, Jeff, it was a disaster. I mean, they they played so poorly in that game once he went out of the game. You, you go back to a couple sequences in that game. Uh, running back Ramir Johnson dropped a pass in that game, and then after that, Nebraska's offense didn't do anything. I mean, they had like 27 yards on 20 plays in the entire second half of that game. Um, once Casey Thompson went out, they really didn't have an identity Uh, The other quarterbacks, Logan Smothers got a few plays, but Chava Purdy took all the second half snaps and he converted three first downs in the half to involve penalties. So really only one traditional first down. It was as bad of a half of football as you're going to see in a sold-out college football stadium.
0: Well, and I think, you know, Sean, I saw this first thing Monday morning uh, or Sunday uh, afternoon even. I think it looks like obviously Vegas is projecting – that you're not going to have your starting quarterback because when I saw that number, I thought there's no way that Nebraska would be that kind of an underdog, at least not in that matchup. Uh, if they had their starting quarterback,
3: yeah, it's a home game this week again, so you would just think if all things were equal and Casey Thompson was playing, Nebraska would probably be still a dog, but maybe closer to what we saw this week with Illinois, you know. And, and let's go back to the Illinois game, I and mean, Nebraska was up nine to six, mm-hmm. Casey Thompson was driving Nebraska down they threw a perfect play to running back Ramir Johnson, who dropped it, and then two plays later is when Thompson got injured. If if Ramir Johnson catches that football, Nebraska's in scoring position again with an opportunity to go up 16-6. to Two plays later, Thompson goes out. They don't score uh, again the rest of the game, and Illinois goes on a big run to win 26-9. to So it just really tells you – how valuable Casey Thompson is, how much he can disguise on this football team. I think it's also led to some questions about Mark Whipple. Um, you know, does he have his number two quarterback ready to go? Uh, why, why weren't those guys prepared? Chuba Purdy looked like he had never played a football game before. It just did not look good with him in there. And they just didn't really have a design or any concepts to go with those backup quarterbacks for them to have success.
0: Sean, is this and this is another illustration. I think we knew this coming into the football game, uh, both you know it's, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things injuries being part of it but how razor thin the margins are for Nebraska right now I mean I think we continue to see that in these moments where Nebraska comes up just short uh, or even in victory you really realize that it's a guy here or a guy there a key starter here, or a key starter there let alone a starting quarterback it does make for uh, a, a big picture conversation about where Nebraska's at with this roster because the bottom line is there are holes and if guys go down that are starters Nebraska really doesn't have a lot of answers right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to have a plan B, but Nebraska didn't have much of a plan B at all in this game once Casey Thompson went out and, um, you know, to, to put up historically bad offensive numbers. I mean, that was pretty evident. Uh, they just didn't have the ability to execute the plays that Whipple wanted to execute without Casey Thompson running them, and that that's a problem. And, and, and you know, there's questions. Why did they, they they went with Logan Smothers and then they pulled him um, after three or four plays to go back and, and and give uh, Chubba Purdy some opportunities um, in the second half. And at halftime, when they interviewed Mickey on uh, television, I believe, or the radio, he said they're going to go back to Logan. They go to Chubba. So, you know, I, I just think there's a lot of questions about that quarterback position, what direction it's going to head going forward. And, that, and that's it. They're not going to put Richard Torres, the true freshman in there, uh, Heinrich Harburg, who's behind the scenes. He's not even traveled this year. So it's Logan or Chubba this week. It's one of those guys. I'd imagine they would stick with Chubba, um, but you never know. I mean, Logan Smothers, maybe they, they come up with a plan to get him ready. And maybe Mickey Joseph's like, we got to do something to give our offense some life. Um, and maybe Logan Smothers is that guy.
0: It's interesting. It's not always the case, Sean, that I get an opportunity to weigh in on these things when it comes to Nebraska personnel, but I am somebody that interviewed and covered Chubba Purdy. He was at Florida State, obviously, before transferring to Nebraska. I've covered Florida State, and he's a guy that days at times of practice can look really, really good where there are no indicators whatsoever that he would be this ill-prepared, and what does it say – Perhaps yes, you bring up Coach Whipple, but what about Mickey Joseph? How angry are fans with this situation? Being that clearly nobody was prepared to go in uh, once once you lost your starter.
3: I mean, it went from a pretty exciting storyline quickly to an interim coach situation again. I, I yep. think w- when you go to interim coach, you kind of expect what we are seeing right now. But for about a month, it was like, "Hey, this is fun. This is this might work," you know. Yeah. And um, I think when you have a nine-game interim head coach situation the reality is what we're seeing happening right now is inevitable. I think one small thing or two that happens, it it can turn quickly. And, and that's the situation Nebraska is in right now. It's a reminder again, why Trev Alberts decided to make the move on Scott Frost. He just didn't like the direction overall, the roster build, the development of this team. And um, we're seeing those deficiencies now play out, unfortunately. And uh, they're probably going to be, as we know, they're 15 or more point dogs against Minnesota, I don't even want to guess. It's Halloween, uh, but that Michigan line is going to be pretty scary. Um, I'm guessing <laughs> 28, 30 points for the Wolverines. Uh, Wisconsin and Lincoln, probably close to what we're seeing right now. And then Iowa and Iowa City, you got to think that's probably close to a 10-point line, even though Iowa doesn't score very well. They did score last weekend. So, yeah, it it's not looking pretty on paper, where maybe a week ago it felt a little different. Right now it feels like we're looking at another 3-9 season. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us.
0: You know, it's interesting. You wrote Sean and for people who haven't read it, go to Husker online and read what Sean wrote. You talked about Brett Bielema and, and what a difference a head coach makes, right? How quickly he's gotten Illinois, who was the worst team in the big 10 when he got there and turned them around with roughly the same personnel to the fact that they're now obviously uh, having an historic season by Illinois standards. And, that's interesting because on the one hand you, you can you can leave Nebraska's game on Saturday feeling bereft of hope. On the other hand, you can say how quickly you can turn around if you get the right guy.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt the right guy matters. And and Lovie Smith brought I think some good players into Champaign, and Brett Bielema, now a college coach that's fully invested, has turned it around quickly. He's only in his second year, um, but he's building a big house out there, and and he's got two young girls. He wants to be in Champaign. He's from Illinois. Where you compare that to Lovey Smith when he was there, his wife didn't live there. He had an apartment in Champaign. It just was a different feel. Lovey's a great coach, but wasn't the right coach. And now you're looking at Josh Whitman here, the athletic director uh, with Brett Bielema. Um, He appears to have hit a home run, not only with him, uh, but also their basketball hire, Brad Underwood. Um, They've got two dynamite coaches there. Um, and, and really Brett Bielema on the cheap, he's one of the lower paid head coaches, at least for now in the big 10 conference. Um, I believe they got him for around four and I'm sure he's going to be up in that 6 million neighborhood here before you know it. And, um, he understands this league. He played at Iowa, he coached at Wisconsin and he knows what it takes. And, and you saw that, um, that looked like a version of Wisconsin 10 years ago. And it's hard to believe his last year at Wisconsin was 2012. I, I was standing on the field when Bielema walked out on the stadium and, you know, he hadn't walked on the field of Memorial Stadium for 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to have him, you know, to, it, it hardly feels like he's left the Big Ten the way he just walked back in this league.
0: It's uh it's fun to talk about because this is all about to get ratcheted up. It's not fun to go through a trying year, it's not fun to go through a, a losing season, it's not fun not to go to bowls, but it is fun to realize and begin to project. Like on the day that we're sitting here, happy Halloween once again, everybody. I hope you guys are prepared to have a fun night. Here we are. We know that Brian Harson got fired today at Auburn. And listen, this is only gonna get ratchet things up because there is the butterfly effect, right? One guy goes, athletic director leaves one program, goes to another. He's got his eyes on candidates. We're going to start hearing these names fast and furious, and some of them are going to have some sort of tangential connection to Nebraska in some way.
3: Yeah, it's officially November 1 tomorrow. It's coach hunting season. Um, You know, September, October, it's kind of off limits. You can look, but you can't touch. Now (laughs) people are going to start touching, and, and they're going to be going after guys, and it's going to get a little bit more aggressive behind the scenes. and. Um, Auburn firing Brian Harson today, you can argue that that's the move that probably you know Nebraska was the highest profile job available in terms of what they can offer a candidate money, facilities, resources. Auburn's right there with Nebraska, and some would argue that they could offer more. So, um, and they have access to better players down south than Nebraska does up here. Um, so they're 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 the two best jobs, in my opinion. Uh, but because they're in the SEC and then the Big Ten, they got the money. Nebraska's got a hundred and eighty million dollar facility being built. They've got elite NIL. Auburn, I believe, has got good NIL going down there too. So it will be interesting. I don't know if you're going to see a huge crossover of candidates. Lane Kiffin's name um, is being thrown out there. Uh, I, that God, I, I, I don't call me crazy here, but Jeff, what's the difference in your opinion between Old Miss and Auburn? Is there that big of a difference?
0: No, I would think that Lane wouldn't leave Ole Miss for Auburn. It's interesting to have this conversation in general. I don't know that that Auburn job is a great job. It is, for the reasons that you just stated, a very high-profile job, because of the influx of money. Anybody that can get offered a job in the Big Ten or the SEC right now is set financially. Obviously, they're going to have the tools to work with. Their base salary is going to be awesome. Their coaching staff is going to be able to be filled out nicely because they have the kind of money that they need to offer those guys as well. But I would say this. I would say that if I were a guy that didn't have a tie to either university or not a real strong tie to either university, I think you can get Nebraska turned around kind of quickly. And if you think about their division, I'd rather be there than anywhere near Auburn right now because good luck leapfrogging some of those teams. It's going to be a long, long time.
3: Yeah, how many people has Nick Saban gotten fired? I mean, I think he's gotten <laughs> the whole division fired twice. Yeah. I Most mean, people. Could, yeah, Brett, yeah. Look at Brett Bielema at Arkansas. Look yeah. at Les Miles. Look at Ed Orgeron. Look at all the Auburn coaches. I mean, you look at Gene Chizik won a national title there, got fired like two years later. Sure. <laughs> <It's> sure. <laughs> Gus Malzahn, dang good football coach, got fired. Um, you know, it's a different deal, and what, what's going to happen in, in College Station with with um, with Jimbo Fisher? I mean, that, yep. that's a that's a real situation brewing down there. But you know, who's going to want to write that check?
0: million, and Jimbo's just praying for the day he gets fired. That is a kiss my butt on Main Street. I'm heading heading to the beach, boys. Uh, This could be a a fun time. We talk about it a lot. Coaches have pride. They do want to win. I understand all that. But it is a fun discussion. We start talking about these jobs, and we talk about that Nebraska job, and we talk about that Auburn job. You're right. There's probably not a lot of crossover there. But we always end up in a field in which there is one super agent. Uh, Usually there's some sort of connection, typically, to a guy, whether it's an athlete athletic director or a former assistant, whatever it may be. I see Sip is ready to join us right now. Let's bring him in here and have more of this discussion.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
0: Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will
2: explore deal making
0: across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: that is a harsh lesson in business
2: sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together i
1: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech it opened up so
2: many more doors the show is
1: called the The Deal.
2: deal
1: listen to the deal listen to the deal on spotify sip how you doing today buddy i am doing fine jeff how are you doing Doing
0: great, man. I'm doing great. I'm glad we got together to be able to do a show, albeit it's a briefer show than we typically do. We wanted to provide content for the folks out there. It's an interesting time. We were just talking about Coach Harson getting fired at Auburn, and we were all connecting the dots about which jobs were the best jobs and for what reason. The obvious reason that the Nebraska job is great and the Auburn job is potentially great is because of the money. We know both schools have the money and both conferences have the money. But I was making an argument for Nebraska over Auburn because I think you can win that division where Nebraska's at a lot quicker than you can anything at Auburn.
1: Yeah. I mean, Auburn, Gene Chiswick said it. I think it, it was Gene Chiswick that said it once that every day at Auburn, when you get up, you look in the mirror and think, okay, I got, how am I going to beat Alabama? You know, I mean, in, Alabama's in state, uh, right in your own state. Um, that, that's daunting enough right there. You know, Auburn went. It's the, the hire of Harson was really interesting because he had no ties to the SEC, no ties to the region. Uh, very it was sort of an odd hire, it didn't work. Um, it's sort of informative, I think. I would think it's informative to Nebraska and su- to some degree that maybe you that gives you pause about hiring someone who has no ties to the Big Ten or the region. I don't know, maybe. Maybe it doesn't give you pause. Mississippi State tried it with Joe Moorhead, too, and it didn't work, really. Moorhead went 14-12 and and got fired. I'm sure you can find cases where it works, but those are some pretty profound cases where it didn't work. I'm saying I want to take a job in which the
0: money is roughly equal, if not better, than any money I'm going to get in the SEC, and I'm in the Big Ten West. Because I'm watching Illinois lead the division right now, and Illinois two years ago was terrible. Uh, I, I've got Nebraska's cachet. I've got a desperate athletic director, president and fan base that wants to win and they'll do everything in their power to do so. And I've got to climb over Illinois and some teams that I think given Nebraska's cachet, they can do pretty quickly. If you get the right guy.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'd have a hard time arguing that Auburn's a, a much better job or a, a better job at all. Now, now the only thing Jeff is Auburn's right. them. In- in, in the recruiting country, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I equate the sec with where football's played the best and where line play where, where that's where the D linemen are too, down in that's that great. region. And it's hard to get those guys up here. Uh, the real good ones. So that there'd be one thing. And you know what? Some people are just cut out more for the Southeast, some coaches, some are more cut out for that that, that area. Um, Some people were more cut out for the big (laughs) 10. Like Brett Bielema clearly didn't fit very well at Arkansas. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say fit, but it didn't work. You know, Um, think about Bielema, how well he worked at Wisconsin, three Rose Bowls, three big 10 championships, Um, Arkansas. That was at Wisconsin. He goes to Arkansas. He's, he's sub 500 Coaching way, way under 500 in the sec gets to Illinois and it's a fit. So some of it's, well, I think a lot of it's fit. It, it doesn't mean you have to hire somebody familiar with the region, familiar
3: with the conference, but I don't know. It seems to help. Sip, a perfect example of a guy that didn't work was Josh Heupel at his alma mater. He got fired from Oklahoma as an offensive coordinator, and now you know he could end up being the college football coach of the year at Tennessee as Scott Frost's replacement. At UCF, when he went there, um, and what's funny is Frost was offered the Tennessee job before Hypel ever was offered that job. And now look at Hypol and look at Frost. I mean, it's it's a it's it's all about fit, and I think you make a good point about fit. Yeah, it's a lot of it's about fit, um, and,
1: and and here's the other thing: it's kind of a crapshoot. That's yep. the scary thing. It's it's kind of scary, isn't it, for Nebraska mm-hmm. because you don't know what's going to work. There's there's ones you think will work, like Jimbo. Um, Jimbo seemed like a perfect fit at A&M again. Yeah, now they got a mess on their hands, uh, at three with him at three and five. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing that ADs have to pull off. And it's, it's gotten to where,
0: you know, you see coaches and you guys have just done a good job of pointing out examples. You'll find a coach that has a real run of success at a program and he's a can't miss prospect, or there's certainly no cracks in the armor. And then he gets hired to that place. And if you get off to a poor start, it's just hard to recover almost anywhere. Now. I think that most of the coaches that go on to have elite level success anywhere, they give you signs early on that they're having successes, whether it be between the lines or in recruiting, if not both. It's not a case now where guys are allowed to kind of meander or wander in the woods for three or four years till they get their guys. You've got to show progress within two or two and a half, three years. Harson's another coach now that has been fired in less than two years on the job. This was not college football for the vast majority of what we covered in our careers in this business. It used to be you got four years to get your guys in, maybe even five. Anymore, if you're not showing progress after two, you can be fired.
1: Yeah, it's not always the case. You're right. There's, you're right, um, for sure. Now, Michigan's sort of an example of why an AD might choose patience, though. Jeff, sure. Right? I mean, that's, but it, but it's an outlier. I'm I'm with you on this. I'm just I'm gonna point out an outlier. Harbaugh threw a two and four out there in the pandemic year, and I think that was year six. And they <laughs> thought about they thought about moving on Michigan. Stuck with him. And now he's won 20 of his last 22. Michigan's sort of uh, an example of why patience might be a good route. It's, but, but yeah, you're right. There's, I mean, Harson was nine and 12. (laughs) I mean, I I read that and I think, man, that's not a huge sample size, but I think if there's going to be impatience in this world, (laughs) it'll be in the SEC.
3: You know, they tried to get Harson out in the summer. You remember that. There February, are the, February. The room, or the yeah, the rumors about just the relationship that he was having with a worker in the office. I mean, they they really tried to go full throttle to get him out then. So you you knew it was it was heading in this direction. He had a razor thin line that he was walking. Where you know if he lost any one of those early games, he was going to get fired. And it well, really happened to him. Yeah, yesterday.
1: I mean, what that what in February? What happened at Auburn was the university did an investigation. into, they, they said how an investigation into how the program was being run, but it was some of it, I think stemmed from personal, personal problem type rumors. Um, And, you know, they, they did the, they did the investigation and retained him and he said it was bullshit. Um, He was very, he, he said that he said he was very defiant about it and said his theme was just watch this year, just watch. And it didn't work out. I mean, they just lost to Arkansas. I think that was their third straight loss. Um, and it just didn't work. The fam- well, you know, the Arkansas game, everybody left in the third quarter. Fans weren't behind him, and there you go.
0: Well, it's a classic case where he's not one of their own, so they have no patience for him. They were trying to fire him with cause so they didn't have to pay him. And he said, bring it on, you're not going to find anything. They didn't, and now Mm -hmm. they're having to pay him a ton of money. But this gets back to making good decisions. A lot of the people at Auburn, and that is a a really interesting school to say the least amongst the fans, they didn't want him to begin with. So when we we bring it back home to Nebraska – Mm -hmm. Is it more important that Trev Alberts find the guy that he believes in wholeheartedly or that he also knows in addition to him believing in that fans are going to say alumni, boosters, supporters, people with money are going to say yes on all accounts.
3: Sean, go ahead, Sean. Yeah. I think it's challenging because I don't know if there is just that home run name that everyone's going to agree on. I, I think there's like, if you hired Urban Meyer, there'd be people that would disagree with that because of some of the things that's happened off the field. I think sure. there's one home run name. I think there's no way anyone would complain about like Luke fickle, but Luke fickle turned down Michigan state to stay at Cincinnati. Um, you know, what, what's his motive? Does he ever want to leave Cincinnati? Now that they're going to the big 12, they'll keep paying him more money to stay at Cincinnati. Um, he's got a path to the playoff there. Um, but yeah, when you start to talk and I, I wanted to hit on just candidates with sip and you guys too. I mean, we're at that point now we got to start zoning in on names. And I'm not saying Mickey's out of it, but it feels like that that's the direction it's heading. So we got to start looking at some of these names a little bit more. And there's three uh, that, you know, just come to my mind right away, Sip. And, and I, I know we've talked about this off air, but Mark Stoops at Kentucky, um, Lance Leipold at Kansas, Dave Doran at North Carolina state, all three <laughs> of those guys at basketball schools, All three of those guys have built programs in their careers. They all have now Power Five coaching experience. All three of them have somewhat of ties to the Big Ten, Nebraska, or the Midwest. Those three names intrigue me right now. Sip. They intrigue me
1: too. Now, the I mean, I'm going to say this before we launch into it. It's possible Trev already has his guy. I mean, that's the, the this discussion now has gotten to me, in my opinion, really uncomfortable. Because, you know, I, I could write today that they need to zone in on these three guys. And then I have to sort of remind myself, well, wait a second. Trev might have a guy already. You know, it might there might be a, you know, behind the scenes agreement. Um, so, yeah, I don't know exactly. You, and, and I got to think that Trev, I, I mean, I lean toward maybe him having a guy this early because he had to have he had to be ready for all this last year. Um, I think he had a pretty good sense of where this was going, but yeah, I like those names, Sean. I mean, I like all three of them because I think they could get them. So when we have these discussions, I've said it before on the show, I, I, you have to separate the, there's some good names like fickle where it's just probably not possible. There's, there's even better names than fickle. It's probably just not possible. Um, but the but the those are three guys that I think are very possible. Sean, you've had information that stoops would listen, uh, that Doran would listen. I know Lance Leipold would 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 probably take the job, but I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if um he'd get offered or not. Um I don't know. Trev, Trev, we're seeing this. I'm glad Auburn happened because it people will read about it and they'll understand this is tricky. It's a tricky Situation you got going here.
3: Another name that's going to keep getting brought up, guys, is Chris Kleiman at Kansas yeah. State. Yeah. Um, but that one just feels different too, because his best friend and close colleague, Gene Taylor, the athletic director, was at North Dakota State with him, then went to Iowa as like the number two AD to Gary Barda before he went to Kansas State. And then he hired Kleiman there as close friends. So mm-hmm. that, that just doesn't seem likely. Um, but you never know what the guy's thinking. And, um, I, I know he had to fire his longtime coordinator last year, and I'm not sure that was quite his decision. And then they elevated Colin Klein, but everything is going great in Manhattan. So it's hard to really criticize any of the off season moves that they made to get that team to where they're at down there. But Kleiman's name, I think will get a lot more mentioned too, Sip. Yeah. And, but none of those four, Kleiman, Doran,
1: um, Liepold, and who's the other one you mentioned? yeah yeah none of those would there'd be a there'd be support in the fan base, but it wouldn't be universal it wouldn't be overwhelming excitement and that's that's tricky for trev um i don't there's it just happens that there's not really that person out there who's probably realistic.
2: You're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with and ads. Go to lipsandads.com Now that's L I B S Y N ads.com.
0: It's funny when you hear, and this is true of any university, any program right now going through a coaching search. And I was talking about this last year on the show. I do that. Who's that guy that you're going to point to right now and tell me there's no way that guy would fail? It's been a minute since there has been a guy like that out there. I mean, everybody knew that Nick Saban was going to have success at Alabama, or at least they assumed that he would. Mm -hmm. There haven't been too many guys. Urban Meyer has been a guy like that before there just have not been that many guys that you would say with great certainty, as you stood before your influential alumni, Hey, we can't miss with this guy. He's going to be great. Cause I like, for example, I love Luke fickle. I don't know how you could. He's 49 years old. He's made something of a program that nobody talked about. Um, Maybe not since what Mm -hmm. Brian Kelly way back with in Cincinnati. So to me, he'd be a great hire, but but Sip, you're telling me you don't think, A, do you think he would come? And then B, you're telling me you don't think that Nebraska fans would, would embrace that.
1: Oh no, I do think no, I think fickle, um I think fickle would be embraced. I just don't think it's realistic. Okay. I mean, I yeah, I just don't I don't think they could get him. I don't think they could lure him out of there. He's turned down Michigan State. Um, I think he, he would wait for maybe Ohio state or Notre Dame, but I think it's more than that. I mean, I just think it's a sort of a regional discussion. He's got, he has six kids. I don't know if he'd want to uproot his family and go to a place that he's completely unfamiliar with.
2: Okay.
1: Um, I, I just don't see it. I've never heard it. Anyone tell me over the years that there was any kind of bent that bent on, on the part of fickle toward this area. So I don't, uh, uh, I'd be rushed. Hey. I'd be, I'd be flabbergasted if they could lure him, but it would be one that would, yeah, that would excite people. I mean, it would, you know, that's the kind, of, that's the kind of hire that the nation would watch very closely.
3: Well, and you're not even hearing Fickle's name for Auburn right now, which is telling because he mm-hmm. should be at the top of that list down there, but he is kind of in out-
1: conversation. Yeah. He, he
3: He's kind of the, he'd be another outsider hire down in the South. You know, when you, It'd uh-huh. be like another, it'd be a yeah. better version of Harson almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you've got to be a cultural fit down there and understand the good old boys' club, um, in, in the south to operate down there. It's a whole different language they speak, and not like Sip said, not everybody's cut out for the sec. Brett Bielema, great football coach, was not cut out for the sec. He's back home and, and loving the state of Illinois where he grew up. Morehead's another, once a good example he was a play caller at
1: Penn state. Penn state. Yeah. Yeah. And no, no ties to the sec zero, um, John Cohen, who was the AD Mississippi state AD at the time took a chance, liked his in-person interview, but it didn't work out. Um, it, it didn't work. Morehead was gone after two years. Leach is, you know, now Mike Leach is there and he's 500 on the nose right now. I think he's 16 and 16. Um, and that's that's gone okay, but again, not a great fit. Uh, not, not, a, not, not really an SEC guy, right? I mean, but it's they're five and three this year, and he's, um, I mean, I think they're pretty happy with him right now, but we'll see where that goes. Sean,
0: you mentioned Mark Stoops, which is a name that I'm intrigued by. Let's circle back and revisit that real quick. Um, yeah. Do you think that Mark Stoops would leave Kentucky for Nebraska? Obviously, Nebraska's cachet is much greater than that of Kentucky, but he's built a team now to where if he wins eight games, and they do, uh, and he gets to a bowl, uh, he's thought of as a hero. uh, And they pay him well. Now, Nebraska could pay him a ton of money too, but do you think he – I mean, he's built something there now. Would you think he would leave that program and head to Nebraska? I would if I were him, but the circumstances could be different for him.
3: Yeah, there's a few things that jump out. Number one, John Calpari. The offseason comments in the, in mm-hmm. the back and forth they had were Calipari through shade on the football program. Uh, that wasn't a good look. I mean, if you're Mark Stoops, you're like, man, this is tough here. Like, I got the basketball coach basically poo-pooing what we've accomplished here. Um, the other thing is the SEC East. So you got Georgia. Now you got Tennessee. You got Florida. Um, you know, what is the realistic place that he can take his program knowing – that they're not a football school. And those places that I mentioned are football schools. And we haven't even got into the West side of the SEC. Um, So there's a lot there. He's in, he played at Iowa. He's from Ohio. Um, He's got big 10 roots. Um, He's got young kids that live in Colorado, which it's pretty accessible to Colorado from Lincoln, Nebraska or Omaha um, with probably 10 flights a day, 12 flights a day. Um, So there's a lot of things that jump out and Nebraska could pay him. I, I really think Nebraska could top what he's making at Kentucky. Um, he can't make more than what John Calipari makes either. I mean, I, I think that's the unwritten rule of the basketball. Now, I, I don't know is Tom Allen is Tom Allen making more than the Indiana uh, basketball coach? Now, I don't know that because the guy they hired in Indiana, I, I don't think he would command four million dollars. Uh, but you know, I, I can't imagine they're going to pay Stoops more than Calipari. Stoops would uh, th- this
1: fan base I think would be pretty excited by of of those guys we mentioned Stoops would probably be the one they'd be most excited by certainly over Dorn and Leipold. um but you know the one home run would be Bob but Bob doesn't sound like he's he Bob Stoops it doesn't sound yeah. like he wants it doesn't sound like he wants to play ball um so yeah it's you asked that question. It's a good one, Jeff. I ponder it all the time is how much does Trev just think, okay, I got to get the right guy. It doesn't matter really what the fans think. And, or, or does he think, you know, I got to get the right guy and someone that would excite the fan base. Um, I think as an AD, you would just have to approach it like you got to get the right guy and, and the winning will will solve a lot any problems now that that's that's i don't know though that's tricky here right now because it's such a this fan base is on edge um so yeah trev's in in quite a spot here it's (laughs) fascinating well he's making good money (laughs) not enough in my estimation for this job (laughs) million a year i'd want a little bit more than that with the pressure he's under right now <laughs> yeah
3: if you had callers call into his show about a week or 10 days ago of saying that they're praying for him yeah. oh my
1: goodness there were they were yeah they said they were worried about his uh you know his his, his physical emotional mental well being and he didn't exactly shoot it down <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's under a lot of pressure, but you
0: got to want that pressure when you're the athletic director of the school in which you played and were an all world player for. I mean, he cares deeply about Nebraska. So I would imagine Cornhusker fans at least feel like they've got one of their own and here dug in deep, trying to find the right answer. The problem is uh, rationality and even handedness and fair mindedness is not a descriptor of most fan bases. So no matter where he goes, somebody's going to be angry.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's maybe not. Yeah. Like I say, there's a few guys out there. Maybe there wouldn't be anger. (laughs) But, but yeah, you're probably right. There's Somebody's going to be angry. Well, I think it's just the
3: unknowns. Like, the fact that we don't know. You know, like in 08, we knew it was Pelini. And 17, we knew it was going to be Frost when he came in at 18. Sitting here on October 31st, just not knowing where the boat's heading. I think it drives you crazy. I think everyone everyone wants to know now who's gonna be the next coach in Nebraska. The fact that we're sitting here and literally don't have a true full read on it, it scares the hell out of people.
2: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to LipsonAds.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. It being does. Being in limbo
0: is never easy. Sorry, Sip. Yeah, being in limbo is never easy. Uh, it, you'd much rather have a problem that you could identify and a game plan by which to solve it. When, when, you're, in, when you're sort of in this in limbo, as you say, it's sort of like, well, I, you know, it's, it's rather nebulous. It's tough. How, there is no perfect candidate. And, and, and if there is, how come we haven't started talking to him yet? Well, it, it doesn't exist.
1: Right. And we had to see, here's the thing. Yes, it's frustrating, but we knew what we we should have known what we're getting into here. You know, it was a it was a very early season firing, September 11th, September 11th. Now, we knew it was going to be protracted search. There's no way they're going to name this coach early in the process. I mean, you figured it was going to go to late November. I was saying that right off the bat where people would say to me, oh, Sip, this is going to be, you know, I hear from colleagues who say, Sip, this is going to be really hard. You're going to have this long search there's going to be news all the time. I'm like, no, there's not. There's not. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a slog toward the end. Then it's going to ramp up because that's, that's, that's the way it has to be. Um, So that's, yeah, it, it's and then there's now we've, we have entered this sort of awkward phase where it is far enough along now that Trev might have a target um, and it might be locked down. You know, we just don't know it. So because he's because he's got to operate out of respect for that person and respect for the Nebraska program and making what he's trying to get done. So very awkward. It's I think we've hit an awkward phase of it.
0: Well, it's about to get ratcheted up. And uh, guys, this is all I'll sell for now. Is if you haven't signed up yet for Husker Online, what are you waiting on? This is about to get juicy. These guys will cover it better than anybody with their insight and experience, the best staff covering Husker football that you could possibly be around. So it's not expensive either. Was it 10 bucks right now to get in? So I would do so immediately. And I do think in the next two weeks, while we're talking, this is gonna get a lot of fun because other schools are gonna start hint about making moves, gonna be whispers from coaches that have been disappointing who knows what happens with the texas a&m situation there's a bunch of stuff out there it's kind of fun for us that love the game and it's i know it's a lot of fun obviously if you work in it to be able to cover this and uh, i would imagine that the buzz around the next nebraska coach is going to get louder and louder and louder here in the next 14 days
2: Mm
3: -hmm. yeah Yeah. there's no doubt uh, you're going to want to be on husker online because you know we're, we're turning into november and this is this is when the fun begins
0: It's nuts. It's nuts. Well, guys, we wanted to get content out there. We hope you all have a wonderful Halloween. We want to thank Trey for uh, producing as always. Sip, Sean, happy Halloween, guys. Good to see you both. We'll catch up again next week. All right.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Good job, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: Be good, everybody. Happy Halloween.